The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The show is brought to you by our generous patrons at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. Robots Radio presents the Fallout Lorecast. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast, a place for the Fallout community to come together to explore the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. I have analyzed and learned everything there is to know here. So now I must see the rest of the Commonwealth. Consult with scientists. Honors more data. What a babe. Carrie's like the hottest robot I've ever seen. That shiny white complexion. That wonderful voice. I kind of just want to call her Madame Curie. Madame Curie, would you like to come to my place for Netflix and chill? Oh, I don't even know what Netflix is, but that sounds wonderful. Robot, what the heck are you doing? Uh, nothing. I just saw that this episode was on Vault 81, and that's where I first met... My sweet, sweet. Wait, you got a robot crush? That's what. <laughs> that's what this is all about. Well, a robot can dream, can't he? I guess so, but uh, this episode isn't about Curie specifically. I mean, Curie comes up in the episode, but it's about the vault. We're gonna have to stick with that focus first. I mean, maybe later on we could talk more about Curie, and you can dream away but for now we're going to stick with the vault so let's let's get started welcome back wastelanders and vault dwellers to this episode of the fallout lore cast as usual i'm your host tom or robots and that is my assistant over there uh my robot he doesn't have a name maybe you guys should give him a name do you want a name yeah a name would be great all right i guess i can at least do that for him um yeah, if you have an idea for a name for the robot, go ahead and write me in with some ideas for that. But uh, for right now, we're going to get into this episode about Vault 81. And a lot of you probably remember Vault 81 because you probably played through it in Fallout 4. Now, Vault 81 is different in a lot of ways from the other vaults. Now, each one's a little bit different in its own way. But you may remember that just getting into the vault was a little bit more difficult than than usual. You had to either bring them three fusion cores or you had to complete a very difficult speech check. And that's because the vault was still inhabited. And that gives the sense that the vault itself is a control vault, but it's not a control vault. Again, a little bit confusing, a little bit different than the other vaults. Vault 81 was originally designed 
And I'm going to pull this from the fandom.com wiki here. With the purpose of developing a single universal cure for every sickness that humanity could possibly suffer from, using the residents as human test subjects. Now, the human test subject part, that's not unique. We've seen that happen time and time again through these vaults. But the idea that they were actually developing a cure for every known sickness ever discovered, that's, that's pretty monumental. Now think about it. We balance this idea out a lot on this show between the ends and the means and the justification of the ends with the means. This vault is still populated and still working 200 years after the bombs drop. And in those 200 years, things have changed. And we're going to go into that. But even though things have changed, Curie, who was doing tests on mole rats, was able to solve and cure every issue in those 200 years through trials and tests and trials and tests that those mole rats were suffering from for 200 years. Everything she came across was solved. If this vault had actually gone to plan and they were able to get to the point where they could test on human residents, what could have been discovered? What could be discovered with 200 years of very precise and intentional scientific research of a very specific human population, giving them diseases and then trying to find cures over 200 years? Is it possible that we could solve cancer, AIDS, dying of old age, dementia, strokes, heart attacks? All the things that are major medical issues for us as a people. Is that something that we could solve if things had gone to plan? And if so, would it be morally right to do so? Now, of course, it's wrong to put people in a situation that they don't sign up for themselves. But what about people who choose to be there? What if there was a section of the population? that readily decided to be the test subjects in a situation like this. Would that justify it? It might. Now let's get into a little bit more of the details here on Vault 81. So Vault 81 originally had the vault divided into two separate areas. There was the main vault with up to 96 residents who would make their home for the foreseeable future. and then the secret vault where vault tech scientists would conduct their research and observe the residents as they were unknowingly exposed to different diseases and cures. So this is kind of similar to the vault where uh, they were raised to the age of 18 and then they were killed. And then the ones who went on and did well were able to repopulate the vault and eventually became scientists similar to that, but a little bit different. So the diseases were to be released via propellant nozzles hidden within the residents' rooms. In the case of an evacuation of the vault, all main re vault residents were to be incinerated 
with the same propellant nozzles. So they not only had disease pumping spigots in their walls, but also could potentially become flamethrowers and burn everyone alive. But things didn't go to plan. You see, the first vault overseer, Dr. Olivet, was skeptical of vault goal and possible use of human experimentation. She planned to blow the whistle if it was found to be unethical, which, of course, it was going to be, right? We're talking vault here. However, when she received her full briefing, she found out the true nature of the experiment, so she also discovered that vault had major backers in the federal government, rendering blowing the whistle impossible. When it came to light that there was a connection to the military, the government, she decided to, to try something different. But she was still determined to make sure that the residents of the vault would not be used as guinea pigs in this plan. So on the morning of the Great War, October 23rd, 2077, Dr. Olivet received the call to start the notification of staff and residents. But she sabotaged the call list so the scientific staff would not be notified or report in. And this would have worked completely, except for two scientists, Kenneth Collins and Jim Flint, came over with the general population. They must have known to go to the vault anyway and decided to show up. And then a third scientist, who went by the name Burrow, was such an overachiever that They happened to be showing up to the vault to ask when the next drill would be. And what they were doing was they were having what were called beta drills, where they would notify all the residents and scientists that the vault was to be populated, that this is a test, and everyone would have to show up to the vault. And they'd run a number of these beta drills. And so the residents and the scientists were used to this. So when the alpha drill call went out, that's when Dr. Olivia, uh, I want to say Oliviette, uh, Olivet decided to keep the scientists from coming in, but three of them made it in anyway. So things didn't quite go to plan. She created enough of an obstruction to make things a little bit different. So the uh, Gamepedia.com wiki article states this section very well. It says, although there were only three of them, referring to the scientists, ensuring that the generations-long research plan would die out, They had state-of-the-art equipment, centuries worth of supplies, and the Contagion's Vulnerability Robotic Infirmary Engineer, meaning that with even their limited manpower, they could still be a threat until they died. To compensate for their limited manpower, Collins, one of the scientists, upgraded and modified Curie from a customized Mr. Handy into a fully-fledged lab assistant He provided her with a custom personality, loading the databanks with every great body of work he had to make her even more lifelike, more human. And so CVRIE, the Contagion's Vulnerability Robotic Infirmary Engineer, became Curie. With her help, the work picked up the pace and Quite soon, the phase one trials began. When notified of it, Olivet was mortified and played for time while maintaining an aura of camaraderie 
taking care not to reveal her intentions. While the mood among the three researchers remained stable thanks to Collins and Curie, they still had access to the nozzles and could release the pathogens for a stage three trial or worse. When a minor mishap with the mole rat population was resolved and stage two was progressing rapidly, Olivet made the decision. The overseer sabotaged the delivery nozzles inside every residential quarter and room on their side of the vault. Then, when the researchers began to notice, they disconnected the only terminal that could communicate with the science team and dumped it in the reactor chamber near the sealed backup entrance into the science section. Sealed in the, in the research wing, the scientists grimly continued their work, never to see the light of day again. Now, their work continued on the mole rats and not humans. Curie would become their inheritor, watching as they fell one by one. Flint was killed when a mole rat named Clyde escaped his cage. You come across Clyde in the, uh, in the vault. Then Collins and finally Burrow, both dying of old age. She interred them and continued the work. Finally, in 2204, Curie finally finished the broad-spectrum cure that would be capable of curing every pathogen developed and analyzed in the captive mole rats. The vault itself continued to operate for the next two centuries, ignorant of the dangers they narrowly avoided. The vault, never designed for this kind of extended habitation, and with the rotting, deteriorating secret partition right behind the wall, well, it aged badly. To compensate, the overseer decided to unseal the vault in 2277, 200 years after the bombs, and reestablish contact with the outside. Soon, trade relations established, exchanging the vault's technology, skills, and synthesized medicine for additional food and resources to continue maintaining the vault, even as some dwellers continue to complain about the fact most are well aware that without them, the vault would collapse. If not for starvation, then quite literally, the place is basically falling to pieces. And so this is what you come into. And at first, you're able to explore the livable section of the vault, and you walk around it until you find that there's more going on behind the walls, which is super interesting. I remember going through this part in the game and going behind the walls and noticing that these scientists had run down data centers and were monitoring, able to see what was going on in the vault itself, and then finally coming across Curie and getting to talk with her. She became one of my favorite companions. Something about her... Uh, her little French voice and her genuine interest in science and curing disease and trying experiments and meeting new people out in the world. There was this naive innocence to her that was super interesting. And if you continued her storyline, you could actually transition her mind into a more human body. And then she became more human-like even more human-like. And in some ways, she was probably more human than most of the people in the wasteland. It depending on how you describe human. If human means people getting by and doing what they need to do and not caring about each other, then no. But if human means that part of us 
that genuinely cares for other people, that genuinely wants to do good, to make the world a better place, then Curie, in some ways, is more human than all of us. So now that we've explored the vault, let's go back to that original question that I posed. Let's phrase it this way. Do the ends ever justify the means? 96 humans, 200 years. Let's say humans reproduce every 20 to 30 years. Another generation comes along. So that's at the most 10 generations of people, 10 times 96. Let's say they keep the population at about 100. So now you're at about 1,000 people over 200 years. Curie, by herself, after the scientists had passed away, a robotic device, a machine, was able to test and cure all of the things that she found wrong with the mole rats and their diseases. Now, let's be honest here. Humans are more complex than mole rats. But even if we were able to cure half, half the known terrible diseases in 200 years using a population of only a thousand people, and let's put this in our own world now, we have seven and a half billion people on this planet currently. 1,000 is less than 0.01% of that number. It's significantly less. It is so small in comparison to the total number of people that we would have a really hard time visualizing it. Is it worth it? Would it be worth testing a thousand people for 200 years against their will in order to save and extend the lives of seven and a half billion? Now, I pose these questions with my own thoughts because I've got, of course, my thoughts. But I want first for you to really consider your thoughts on this. So I'm not going to share my thoughts right now about this. Maybe this will come back around in a future episode. Or maybe it'll come back around in one of our patron chats. But I know where I stand on this. And it may not be what you expect. Or, or maybe it is. It depends on who you are and what you think but I'd love to hear your thoughts. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. Hello there, old chap. Good to see another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. Why don't we ask the newcomer? You support the news? Can we talk more about Kiri now? Jeez Louise. <laughs> no, we're done. We did that part. We're done. Maybe we'll go in more robot stuff later, but we're, we're moving on. So welcome back, Wastelanders and Vault Dwellers. Um, before you dip out, if you're not planning to stay for the 
extra stuff at the end, like the reviews and the patron stuff, then please just listen for a second because one, the extended version of the episode at the end has some really interesting stuff happening this time. And two, I really wanted to get the news out there that I have set a new goal for myself. By the end of the year, I want to make partner on Twitch. Now I'm already an affiliate and I've been streaming more often. I'm going to try to stream most nights in the evenings after about 9, 9.30 p.m. Eastern because that's when I'm able to do that. So that's about 6, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. So if you would like to help me with this goal, I would really, really love the company. The best thing you could possibly do is just show up in the channel, help me increase the numbers, and be there to chat with. I would love to chat with you guys while I play games like Fallout 76 or Fallout New Vegas. I think tonight, actually, I'll be jumping into Fallout New Vegas and uh, some other games as well. And also get together with you guys in the community and play games with you. So if you would like to help me out on that goal, that would be huge. I'm also planning sometime in the future when things are able to adjust with my schedule to do more day streaming and maybe even doing some behind the scenes streaming while I do my research or even streaming while I record these episodes so you can see what that actually looks like. You can see, you can watch me mess up the words and go over and redo things and pull up different information and go, ah, no, that's not what I wanted to say. Let's say it like this, you know, so that'll be a lot of fun too. But I would love to get to the place where I could hit basically one of the goals you have to hit to get a partner on Patreon not on Patreon, in, on Twitch, is to hit 75 concurrent viewers on average regularly. And I feel like we could probably get there by the end of the year. Really, all it takes is you guys opening up the app or opening me up in a window if you're doing other things and just hanging out with me in the background. That would be a huge help. The more numbers we get in the channel, the more I'm visible to other people looking for shows to watch. And the more you guys hang out and have fun, the more I have fun and the more entertaining the, the stream is. So it kind of works for everybody. Um, so if that's something you're interested in, twitch.tv slash robots radio, go check that out. I would love to see you guys in chat. I, I love chatting with you guys on Discord all the time. And to be able to do that live in a Twitch stream is even more fun. So, um, okay, I'm going to... Cutting that off, we're moving on from that. But thank you for even entertaining the idea because that would be extremely helpful to me. And I think that there's some really cool ways that we can combine streaming and podcasting and a lot of this content in the future. So I'm excited. I'm excited about that stuff. All right. So let's move on to patrons this week in patreon.com or on patreon.com. This week in patreon.com. So with Patreon, the beginning of the month always gets a little bit funny because it's doing the re-up billing for the next month. So um, don't have any new news, new news about people who are going to be signing up for this month. But it's the beginning of the month, which means it's a great time to sign up and get all the rewards and get the episodes downloaded without any ads and that kind of stuff. And... If you guys have been enjoying the monthly episodes, the patron call episodes where we get together and chat and you would like to participate in a future one, then signing up at the tier four level or higher will get you in on that at the end of the month. You've got plenty of time to set that up this month. We would love to have you on board and to bring more people in for the chat because it's always such a good time. 
And I'm happy to accommodate everybody who would like to be involved with that because, I mean, it really is a highlight of my month. I really look forward to hanging out with you guys. And then hearing the feedback on the Discord channel when people are responding to the different opinions and different things people shared. It's always so much fun and it creates conversation for like the next three weeks. So that's super cool. So thank you for everyone who's already a subscriber on Patreon. And I really do appreciate the support. Let's move on to ratings and reviews. So no new reviews this week, but if you would like to help the show out, dropping a rating or review on Apple Podcasts would be absolutely huge and extremely helpful. Plus, I'll read out your words at this part of the show. So drop those reviews in. Five-star reviews get read out. And we are, holy crap, guys. Remember I mentioned this the other day. We're at 211 total ratings across the entire world. That is amazing. In like seven months show's been only out for like seven months now. That's nuts. You guys are amazing and constantly blow my mind. So thank you so much. Uh, let's see. Do I have any other news for this week? I don't think I do. Um, if you are wondering why the show is up a little bit late this week, then it's because of the hurricane and the holiday and all that. Don't worry. We're fine. I'm on the part of Florida that wasn't hit barely at all. We got some winds and a little bit of rain, but that was about it. So Hopefully that's it for the season. I really don't want to have to go through a major hurricane if we don't have to. So fingers crossed on that one. We got lucky. So hopefully that works out. Uh, Otherwise, I will see you guys next week for our next episode. And hopefully I'll see you on the Twitch stream because I would love to hang out with you guys on there. Until next week. Oh, and make sure you hang out for the extended episode stuff at the end after these outro bits and music and stuff. I will see you guys on the other side. And until then. Try not to do experiments on other humans without their permission. Did I just give away my opinion on that? I don't know. Do do I really have a final opinion on that? I'm not sure I do. I'm usually just kind of up in the air on everything. Anyway, you think about it. Let me know. Talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening to the Fallout Lorecast. All sounds and music are owned by Bethesda Softworks, and no copyright infringement is intended. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please contact us at falloutlorecast at gmail.com or follow us and post some messages to us on Twitter at falloutlorecast. And if you'd like to support the show, tell a friend or check out the rewards you can get for becoming a patron at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. I really appreciate you listening and I'd love to hear from you soon. He says again, Who are you? And why do you need to know who this dress belonged to? You sigh and you say, The owner of this dress, or former owner perhaps, is someone very important to me. We got separated a while back and I've been following her trail ever since. This is the best clue to her whereabouts that I've come across in days. And I apologize for my rashness, but I will do, I'll do anything to keep her safe. And I'm, I'm going to level with you, buddy. Anything you could tell me about how you came into possession of this could be just when I need to finally catch up with her. I thought I lost the trail and this, this is the only ray of hope I've found so far. Did she trade it for supplies? Did someone else bring it to you? 
Do you, do you even know if she's okay? His face softens a little bit. And he goes, well, I can see that she must have meant something to you, huh? And you look at him and say, yeah, you could say that. And he goes, well, I'm not a man without a heart, but I am a businessman. And I know a situation when there's demand and there's a product. And you know what that means, right? You've got the demand. I've got the product. And in the wasteland, you can't just go give away stuff for free. You know how it is. Well, you say, what, what, can, what can I give you? Let's make a deal. What is there that you need? Is it, I mean, this information, can you just at least give me a little bit? Wait, how about this? When did you come across the dress? When did it come into your possession? And he says, yeah, I can give you that information. I, this was just yesterday. I've only had this dress for one day. And your mind spins. You're only a day away? How did you catch up that fast? Only a day? And you say, well, and the person who gave it to you is the woman who was wearing the dress? And he goes, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, Here, I'll tell you what. Yes. There was a woman here. She gave me this dress for some, some, some supplies. But here's what I need from you. You see, I can't run this place 24-7. This is the last bastion of humanity before you go into that terror field out there with robots and dogs barking and you know what I need that I'm going to have a hard time getting myself robot parts or you know what would be nice is a companion to this one and he points over at the robot vendor you see these old robots don't always work 24-7 and two on this premises one to vend and the other to guard the merchandise would be extremely useful to me. Why don't we work out a deal, friend? You go get me a robot, and I'll tell you more about this lady friend of yours. What do you think about that? 